You have to know that God will supply for you even when it looks like you have nothing left. Jesus Christ. Amen to all of the members and family of Wesley Amy Zion Church, to our pastor, to Reverend Taisha Cufferson, um, to each of you in Christ. I am so truly glad to be at home. Amen. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I understand this is CE day, but I just have to go with the word God gives me. Amen. So it may not sound like an educational sermon per se, but it's the word God gave me. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And it reads, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out. My husband who served you is dead, and you know he, how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting one, each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. Verse 7 says, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. We're sharing with you this morning from obedience to overflow. From obedience to overflow. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to share your word with your people. I pray, Lord, that you would let the meditation of my mouth, the words of my mouth and the medita meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Obedience to overflow. All of us, at one point or another, have lightly had to deal with a bill collector. I mean, maybe y'all got it like that, but I've had to deal with a bill collector before, amen? Um, most of us have at one point been in debt and owed money to someone. And if you haven't yet, just keep living. Whether you owe Sally Mae, Bank of America, Capital One, the mortgage company, the auto loan company, the furniture store, the title loan company, the credit card company, you have likely come in contact with some sort of bill collector. You know how it is when you've got more bills than money. You know you see that 1-800 number pop up on your phone and you decline the call or add them to the block list. Or back in the day when we were growing up and we had a house phone, 
you would, uh, if you knew if the other person on the other end wasn't a voice you recognize, you would just say that person isn't here right now. Um, nobody likes dealing with bill collectors. And I know that that may seem like a modern issue, but we can see here in this text that there were bill collectors even in the biblical days. Here in 2 Kings chapter 4, we meet a nameless widow. She had been married to a prophet who was now deceased, leaving her with their two sons. This prophet, like many of us, was in debt. It was hard for the men of God in the Bible days because Jezebel had persecuted the prophets. So it is assumed that this prophet probably had to borrow from creditors to provide for his family. It was also a custom of the Mosaic law that if someone died owing a debt, his children and wife became slaves to the creditors until the debt was repaid or until the year of Jubilee. This widow had been through a lot. She was mourning the death of her husband. She doesn't have anything, and now she is about to lose the only thing she has left, her sons. She was going to have to sell her sons in order to repay the debt. So this woman is destitute. She's sad. She's broken. She's probably depressed. Bankruptcy, payday loans, and bank loans were not an option. So the woman turned to God by approaching Elisha, the head prophet. One translation says she cried out. She came to God out of a place of desperation, desperation so that she would not lose her children. The widow demonstrates how our obedience can lead to the overflow in our lives. This woman was obedient to the directive God was giving her through the prophet Elisha. I'm sure his instructions may have, made, had, may have seemed odd and didn't make much sense. I'm sure she was confused about how this small flask of oil was going to provide for her and her boys so that they would not become slaves. Women, we are inquisitive beings. We want to know the whys. We want to know the hows. Um, if it doesn't make sense to us, we're more hesitant to do it. But the passage never mentions any hesitation on the part of this woman. The Bible simply says she did as she was told. That tells me that she had to be a woman of faith. I believe that this woman was in a place of desperation. The text says she had absolutely nothing left in her home but this small flask of oil. So she probably already tried to pay down the debts by getting rid of furniture and other household items. And now she was at the end of her rope and didn't know what else to do. So she cries out to Elisha. She's desperate to the point she's willing to give up the only thing she has left. It may seem insignificant to you that this woman was willing to give up a small flask of oil, but you must realize that in that day, oil was the equivalent of money or gold. Oil was used then for light. It was used for heat, it was used for cooking, it was even used for healing. So in other words, she was willing to give up everything to receive her blessing. Notice she didn't ask any questions. Notice she didn't complain. She simply obeyed. And not only did she obey, but her sons did as well. She and her sons followed the command to go to the neighbors and ask for empty jars. 
I'm sure that even at this point, many of us would have hindered our blessing. Many of us would have been too prideful to go around the neighborhood asking for jars. We'd have worried about the whispers and how it made us look. We wouldn't want people to know that things had really gotten that bad for us. But what we must realize is that in order for us to receive the overflow God has for us, we must put in some work. We must put away worrying about what people have to say. In their obedience, this widow and her sons realized that their miracle was attached to their obedience. First, they had to have faith and trust the process. They had to bring as many empty vessels as they could. Elisha makes it clear that they needed more than a few jars. The number of empty vessels brought would determine the size of the miracle. So had they brought a small number of jars, their miracle would have been small. They could have limited the blessing they were going to receive had they not listened to Elijah's instruction. However, they did just what he said. Your miracle may be attached to your obedience. Many of us have not been able to see the miracles God has stored up for us because we're not walking in obedience. I understand it's difficult sometimes, but once we realize that our miracle is tied to our obedience, we will see a shift in our lives. A part of walking in obedience is having faith and trusting the process. We can't walk, we don't walk in obedience because we can't always see what the outcome will be. But we have to start praying and asking God to increase our faith and help us to trust his process. God is able and willing to relieve those who trust in him. We limit our own blessings, but there are no blessings on what God can do. Then after they gathered the jars, they went back home and they closed the door behind them. In this situation, everyone did not have access to the miracle that was taking place. Only the widow and her sons. They were instructed to close the door so that the nosy neighbors would not have access to what was going on in the house. Everybody doesn't need to have access to the miracle God is performing in your life. Not only that, but sometimes we can't do what God has instructed us because other people come in and distract us. Sometimes we sabotage what God is trying to do by allowing the wrong people to have access to the miracles taking place for us. Sometimes we need to close the door. Sometimes we need to put the phone down. Sometimes we don't need to post every move we're making on social media. Sometimes we need to learn to move in silence. But then next, they were instructed to pour the olive oil from the flask into the empty jars. The vessel had to be in its proper place. When it was empty, it had to be filled, then set apart. It had to be gathered, prepared, and put in the right position. See, the widow and her sons did this until they had no more jars to fill. She told her son to give her another jar, and he said there were no more. And immediately the Bible says the oil stopped flowing. The oil flowed as long as the vessels were empty. Did you get that? The oil flowed as long as the vessels were empty. 
The increase of oil continued as long there was a vessel le- as there was a vessel left to contain it. But when there remained no more a vessel to receive the oil, the supply ceased. We have to be empty vessels available for the Lord to fill us. Like the widow, we determine the size of our blessings. Are we bringing small numbers of empty vessels? Are we putting in work to receive our miracle? Elisha was telling her to bring as many empty vessels as she had faith God would fill. The oil was multiplied when she poured it out. We get increased when we pour out what we have. What are you saying? I'm saying there's no limits when it comes to God. Elisha could not erase the debt, so he performed a miracle. God not only meets the widow's needs, but blesses her with overflow and abundance. She wasn't well known. She wasn't famous. She wasn't on the who's who's list. Not even mentioned in the Bible by name, but God still cared about her. God still provided for her. God knew her and supplied everything she needed. God will make the best of what you already have. She had nothing but oil for anointing. God took oil for anointing and blessed her with overflow. Is your vessel empty? Are you giving God something to fill up? You have to know that God will supply for you even when it looks like you have nothing left. The Bible says he will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. And he won't just supply, but if you're obedient, he will bless you with an overflow. They say little becomes much when you place it in this man's hands. For the Bible tells me, ask and you shall receive. It says give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. The Bible also says, I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Then he said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You have to know that when you practice obedience, God will take you from adversity to advantage. He'll take you from broken to blessed, from condemned to consecrated, from depressed to delivered, from being empty to having enough, from failure to fulfillment, from gloom to glory, from hardship to happiness, from illegitimate to influential, from jacked up to joyful, God will take a killer and make him kind. From lying to loving, God will take mess and turn it into a miracle. From nosy to noble, from oppression to opportunity, from poor to prosperous, from quarrelsome to queenly, from rebellious to righteous, from sinful to saved, from tragedy to triumph, from unforgiving to understanding, from victim to victor, and from worthless to worthy. I don't know about you, but I'm walking in obedience to receive my overflow. The year of Jubilee is here. I am a lender and not a borrower. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed. 
I will speak those things that are not as though they were. I declare and decree that my children are blessed. My church is blessed. My finances are blessed. The enemy is under my feet. For I shall live and not die. I'm walking in the favor of God. I'm pressed but not crushed. Persecuted not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. I am victorious. I always win. I'm walking in obedience and I'm walking in the overflow. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.